0: Welcome to part two of our special episode of Is This Normal? as part of Belfast Live and Electric Ireland's Power of
1: Paws campaign. Yes, we continue our conversation with clinical psychologist and author of a new book, Love In, Love Out, A Compassionate Approach to Parenting Your Anxious Child, Dr Molly Coyne. This episode focuses on the school years and beyond, and
0: we pick it up with Molly telling us about how to negotiate those tricky life questions that can cause some
1: children trouble. There are then the stages when when the the child kind of moves then from toddler maybe to to starting school and and as they move through school, where they're obviously their communication skills are much better, but they do maybe maybe have never exhibited signs or many obvious signs of anxiety, but suddenly they start asking questions and more questions and. Maybe particularly now, as as children, you know, in in homes, listening to parents talking about COVID and deaths, and you know how you have, like it, we are living in a very d- different world right now. I mean, how how does a parent respond when suddenly their child may start talking about death? You know, mummy, what, what happens when you die, and when do you mm. die? Because I know I have, I have friends who've Aww. had experiences of that, and you know, those questions immediately would shock. I know if, if, I know. When I, when, if that happens, to me in my stage, you just think oh my goodness, what, what do you say? How do I answer mm.
2: that? that's not going to affect them? I know, sure, my daughter has said to me, you know, especially when she's about to go to bed at night, that's when they start to come out with these kind of things. And she goes, mommy, I don't want you to die. You know, when are you going to die? When I don't want you to die. And And like, I feel incredibly sad and like upset when she says that. But at the same time, like death, you know, If we kind of don't talk about these things, then then a parent might naturally want to say, but sure, I'm never going to die. And everything, you know, or, or sure. That's don't be don't be saying that, you know, don't be saying that I'm uncomfortable with these feelings. Stop saying that, you know, and there's your shark music, because maybe if you if you had asked your parents that that's how they might have reacted to you. But I guess I think it's important in that situation. I kind of said, oh, Jess, I'm sorry, like. It's such a it's a a sad thing to think of us not being together anymore. And, you know, it shows how much you love me by what you're saying there. And I love you so, so much, too. And mommy's, you know, really healthy and mommy, you know, I'd love to be with you as much as I can be, you know, and I'd love to always be there for you. But, you know, we all are going to die at some stage. Um, but I really hope that that's not going to happen for a long time. But we you know our love together is just so strong and and just kind of normalizing that for them. You can't tell them for sure you're not going to die, you know, like, but it's about kind of there's always a a meaning behind the feeling. So even though your child, like she was really tired that night and I knew there's no point in getting into a one hour conversation about death just when she really needs to go to sleep. But it's kind of turning that into like, not, not closing the conversation down, not kind of saying, oh, that's never gonna happen, stop saying that, oh God, death, oh God, we can't talk about that. And it's even with COVID now, you know, yes, my kids have asked me, are there loads of people dying? What's going on? And kind of, I think it's really important to find the balance between too much information and too little information. So I try not to have the news on with my kids who are seven and nine, but I I, I did let them watch, um, like, say... Uh, when Varadkar the Taoiseach was talking back in you know during the lockdown of the country reopening and closing and letting them kind of in on what was going on and at the moment I am telling them you know the numbers are getting better in Ireland we're doing better as a country there's still people dying but we're doing better so kind of I know it's hard to find the balance and parents find it really hard to find the balance but I think that bit of honesty, because very often children can be anxious about what they don't know. They know you're hiding something from them. It's like, you know, not letting a child go to a funeral or saying to, or a, a parent slipping out the door when their child isn't looking well, your child's not going to trust you if you do that. So it's, it's easy. It's better to just kind of say, mommy has to, my kids sometimes when I'm heading to Dublin or wherever to go and do something, they, they're mommy, mommy, please don't go. I love you. Oh, I love you. Please don't go. And, like, and I kind of, I give a bit of time for the goodbye. You you don't want to see mommy going. It's so hard and mommy doesn't want to leave either. And then they might say, she might say, oh, but why do you have to go then? And I'd say, well, mommy has to go to this thing. But, you know, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll give you a call and I love you so much. And I know you'll be okay and mommy be okay. And, do you know, it's kind of like we can't, there's no shortcut in life. We have to go through these difficult painful moments and that's just part of life um so that bit of kind of healthy balanced age appropriate information is really important as they get older you know and just kind of gauging for i'm nearly going to be having that conversation with my nine-year-old about how babies are made but i've kind of started the conversation a bit about you know i haven't lied and said oh they come from like outer space or you know something you know I'm not saying lied, but everyone has their own ways of talking to their children. But I think if your child mentions death, like, try not to clam up if you can. Be curious, unpack it a bit. Do you know what I mean? It mightn't be. And maybe if that moment isn't the best time just before bed, maybe talk about it the next day and see if they're still as worried. It could be that they're quite emotional and don't want you. They just have something on their minds or something.
0: Moving into the, the teenage years, then their world is opening up even more and you know you're bringing social media into their lives and the anxieties that's going to bring up for them how what would your advice be to parents on how to deal with teenagers and their anxieties when their Mm. worlds are opening up
2: i think Yeah, being a teenager nowadays, particularly during this COVID time, is incredibly difficult. You know, Um, I think teenagers have a lot of pressures even before COVID. You know, they have a lot of they're really feeling the pressure of when I'm 18, I need to know what I want to do. I need to do exam. I need to, you know, do my exams. Well, they have these peer. They're looking outwards. Their peers are all important. Um, They have social media, which is really if I suppose if they have unlimited access to that all the time, um, it can really impact on them, particularly if they're vulnerable to start off with. They kind of say that, you know, the smartphone and social media impacts more on, on teenagers' mental health when they're vulnerable to to start off with, if you know what I mean. I mean, it shocks me to think that there are these kind of apps on Instagram that can make you look thinner or, you know, that these, you know, that there's all of, you know, that, that actually, I have two daughters and I really, you know, I, they won't be having a phone until they're at least 13, you know, but they're pushing me already, you know, um like, and want, like using my phone and they like technology. They play video games sometimes and watch a bit of YouTube, but it's just, it, it's just a hard time being a teenager. You know, I, I really, and I think as a parent, you kind of have to learn to parent in a different way because it's it, the, the stuff that the, the the strategies you used when they were younger won't work as well. And it's very normal for your teenager to say, go away. I don't want to talk. You know, um, I did a Facebook Live a few months ago for Lust for Life. I'm still doing them every Wednesday. And um you know, this mother said, you know, that her daughter kept saying, I, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about such and such. And she could tell that her daughter just had gone in on herself and was spending more time in her bedroom on social media, watching telly or watching her phone. And the mum just didn't know what to do. How can she approach her daughter? You know, and, you know, they say that sometimes we over parent or under 10 year olds and we under parent or over 10 year olds. So it's kind of like we think that if our teenager is telling us to go away that we should go away because they're telling us that and that's what they want but teenagers are going through a massive period of brain development and they need a a massive amount of sleep for that brain development and all the changes that are going on with their hormones and I think it's a time where You know, it's really important to still be a parent to them and to have the boundaries there for them and to let them know that you're there for them, but you're still enabling them to have independence. So, you know, maybe knocking on their door, I said to this mom, maybe knock on her door. And rather than saying, oh, you spend so much time in this room and look at this, it's a complete mess and you've never cleaned up your stuff and look at, you know, these are interactions that regularly happen between teenagers and their parents kind of just knocking on her door and saying, you know, can I just have a little chat with you and just, you know, or or go for a walk where you're not face to face, you're side to side and just say you know, I've noticed this and, you know, you're spending more time in your room and, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, are you doing OK? What, how are things going? Express an interest in what they're doing. If they're into something, you know, uh, express some interest in that and, you know, kind of start to open up that channel of communication without being in a without being kind of like in a blaming type of confrontational way. Um And this mother actually got back to me and said when she did that and she knocked on her daughter's door and kind of said it in a really nice way that she what she had noticed and said to her daughter, it's OK if you don't want to talk tonight. I just want you to know that I'm here for you and I love you, you know, and just left with that. And she said the daughter smiled at her the nicest smile that she had seen in a few months. Like, and that just getting that message from that mum, I just was like, oh my God, how lovely. That, you know, they had this moment of contact in that minute and the mother wasn't pressurizing her to talk. She was just letting her know, I'm still there. I'm still here. I've noticed, you know, you're you're kind of not doing as okay as usual, and rather than get very confrontational or bossy, kind of opening the door for a bit of communication and I'd love if we even had a cup of tea together or, you know, something on their level. Um it is really important.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's something that probably parents don't maybe really know the best way. We're we're probably prone to maybe just react and say, you know, oh, you know, stop shutting me out and as you say go you know maybe go in on 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 the teenager and as just because mm. you're so you're worried yourself and your demand you, you want to know the answers but as you say maybe maybe that little bit of distance and and just by saying like that's fine but you know where I am if you need me yeah. and, and I'm always here to help but it, it is maybe it's fine in that line and, and again it probably comes back to you know taking yeah. that moment yourself to think okay breathe don't immediately react or because I mean teenagers are probably at a stage as well where yeah. they maybe are not doing something that's wrong, but they may be doing something that they perceive as wrong. So they're afraid maybe to, to actually voice that to their parents. So I mean, what do you, what, would it, what would your advice be to maybe a parent who is at that stage, but their, their child's behavior is actually worrying, like their teenager's behavior has become worrying, like they're actually physically worried they can't get their child to open up, but they're really worried that you know, there is something going on, be it bullying or, or there's something else going on that they're just not opening up about. I mean, how if that initial contact doesn't work? I mean, what do you do from there? I mean, I
2: did have a mum contact me a few months ago or a few weeks ago with this kind of situation where uh, like, you know, her child didn't want to go and see anybody and she couldn't get help. And I, I suppose I kind of said to her, you know, to keep keep trying. But if I mean, if you feel like, you know, your child might be at risk of hurting themselves in some way. Then, you know, like, you know, getting them to see a GP and getting some help. And and these things can even happen over the phone nowadays, or I'm sure there's online consultations that you kind of need to act on your on your gut in a way as well. But maybe they might have a friend or somebody that might have a bit more insight and in how into how they're doing, you know, um, in, in that situation. I mean, I just I really would be reluctant to kind of let allow your teenager to have unlimited access to all types of social media and to be in their room 24/7 even though that, that's what they might think they want to do that you know it's still you are still their parent you know um and I know if they're telling you to go away it's really hard but at the same time you know like it's important that there's that communication still happen and that if you're really concerned about them kind of letting them know look I'm really really concerned and asking them you know what like it's about building the relationship from a much younger age I suppose do you know like I'd be hopeful that you know you wouldn't get to that stage where you can't talk to them at all do you know but you might need to get a friend or somebody they get on with it could be an auntie or you know somebody that they know that is able to kind of you know, talk to them that little bit easier. But I think, you know, really react to your gut instinct because by the time you have a teenager, you do have a a fairly good instinct about your teen. But, you know, not not allowing that shut away to happen. So even if you have a child about to go into their teenage years, to be conscious of that, that it wouldn't be, you know, con- you know, that they wouldn't be shutting themselves out completely and validating what's going on for them. You know, like it's really hard to be a teenager nowadays who can't just see their friends when they want to. They have to wear masks in school. Um, you know, they they don't have all the activities that they used to. And giving them your perspective and saying this is not going to last forever, but really validating where they're at and talk. Like I've talked a lot about co- coronavirus loss acknowledging what the losses have been for you, but also for your teenager. Because I think they are struggling. They're one of the groupings that I think are struggling the most now.
0: I know I suppose that's it, isn't it? They've they've nearly been I don't want to say forgotten about, but there's so many big events in their lives as teenagers that they're they're missing out on, you know, whether it comes to, you know, formals and things like that. And have you seen, I suppose, more teenagers over the past couple of months during the pandemic,
2: you know, parents coming forward with concerns about their teens absolutely I mean there's parents coming forward with concerns about children of any age um, of all ages but teens definitely in terms of um, in terms of like what i one parent was kind of saying to me lately about you know you know how college students have a lot of sessions on zoom now rather than meeting their kind of classmates face to face and i think that's you know and their 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 teen who's 18 was really struggling with that because they weren't meeting people face to face and there there are ways, I guess, of of helping with that, which was, you know, for the teen to maybe go to the library in the college. There are kind of like, uh, you know, help available in colleges in terms of student counselling and, and things like that. But, you know, and then the young, the younger teens. Yeah, definitely. Some some teens actually really enjoyed the lockdown in terms of enjoyed. They liked being not having to kind of be at, out there the whole time. Um, you know, at school and the pressures, they felt the pressures reduced on them, but then they were also spending a lot more time on their phones and on social media. They they ha- they were doing a lot of their classes on online. Um, But I think, you know, some struggled with going back to school in September because, you know, suddenly, you know, they were going back to school in the middle of a pandemic and had to wear masks and social distance and everything had kind of changed. So that was really hard for some teens. Um, But I think if parents are struggling, and I know a lot of parents are struggling at the moment with different issues, lack of social connection, lack of their usual supports. There is also silver linings to this pandemic and people have slowed down and maybe realised that they don't need to be rushing around as much and that the simpler life is, is good enough for them. But I think if parents are struggling teens are struggling and like people everybody in the household has their own that their own struggles so yes it has impacted on teenagers mental health because they are used to looking outwards and i think you know for maybe me as a 44 year old i don't feel the major need to be out and about and to be meeting people but for teens it's what it's who they are You know so this is literally but again using that perspective and validating where they're at and let's hope that this time next year they'll go back to being normal teenagers again but giving them that little bit of kind of leeway you know i know a lot of people are blaming teenagers for getting together and the 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 virus spreading again and all that but like we it's i found it hard to kind of go blaming any section of society because they're just doing what teenagers do, you know, so it, and it was really it's really hard for them, you know. No, I think
1: you're right. I think that it is. It is. It's kind of affected everybody, the pandemic. And, and it, it's, it's good to know, I'm sure, that there are shared experiences out there and people can. Obviously, there's places we can all turn turn for help, which is which is obviously nice and nice and hopeful. So,
0: Mally, in conclusion, how could we go about looking after ourselves as parents so we can look after our children and
2: do right by them? I guess I just want to really, I suppose, re- reiterate the idea of, you know, parents minding themselves first and foremost and, you know, kind of, if you're, no matter what your child's age is, that, um, you know, nurturing yourself as a parent, reflecting on how you feel towards, you know, towards your child's feelings when they come to you and really minding yourself in terms of your own emotional well-being and being kind to yourself and doing things, having daily practices like me even going for a swim in the sea today. That was part of being totally mad, obviously, but it was you know, part of my self care, I know that I'm going to go in now or in in an hour or two after I, you know, to my kids, and I'm going to be much better able because I did something for myself today. So I think it's okay to do something for yourself for your it's because it's for your emotional well being and you're going to be much better able to uh, respond to your kids.
1: Thanks to Mally for joining us. It was really, really informative. For more information on Mally and her book, have a look out for the links in the podcast description.
0: To find out more about Belfast Live and Electric Ireland's Power of Pause campaign,
1: please visit the Power of Pause hub on Belfast Live. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Bye.